0: I'm Haley B. Miller, and this is Ohio Politics Explained, a podcast where you give us 15 minutes and we give you all the news you need to sound smart and impress your friends. Welcome back to another episode of Ohio Politics Explained, the Veto Override Edition. This week, we're breaking down the first Republican Senate debate, why lawmakers want to get rid of income taxes, and how two veto overrides set new laws on tobacco and transgender health care. With me today is our fearless leader, Anthony Shoemaker.
1: Hey, Haley. How's it going?
0: Good. Another busy week. Very busy. So to kick things off, let's talk about that debate. Bernie Moreno, Frank LaRose, and Matt Dolan met on stage this week for the first debate in Ohio's GOP Senate primary. They're running in the March primary for the chance to take on Senator Sherrod Brown this fall. The three of them did some forums and stuff last year, but this was the first big TV debate. And this primary is kind of weird compared to 2022 because they basically have three months to make their pitch to Republican voters. The August and November elections last year really sucked the oxygen out of this race. What did you take away from the debate, Anthony?
1: Well, it was fascinating, I thought, to see all three of them on stage at once. And, you know, Moreno is kind of running, I think, as the as the favorite, you know, even though he hasn't held political office before, he has the endorsement from former President Trump. He has the endorsements from J.D. Vance and Jim Jordan. So it really seems like the party powerful are lining up behind him. So it was interesting to kind of see the, uh, you know, how Dolan and LaRose went after him. Uh, I mean, they've, you know, they differed on, you know, they, they agree on things like do something about the border, but they disagree on the details. Like when LaRose talked about wanting to like send the military and to fight drug cartels, I thought that was interesting when Moreno went after him, you know, kind of like you're a neocon looking to start another war. Right. So it's interesting to see how they're, they agree on the big picture, but getting into the details of how to deal with the, uh, you know, whether it was abortion or immigration or other issues. That's kind of where the differences
0: are. Yeah, and they all three said that they support a federal ban on abortion. Now, they said that with differing degrees of enthusiasm. Dolan, for example, said he thinks this should be a state issue, but if policies like Ohio's new abortion rights amendment become the norm. He said he's open to looking at some sort of federal ban as long as it has exceptions in place for rape and incest and life of the mother and things like that.
1: Yeah. uh, They, they talked, uh, Moreno talked about supporting a, uh, a 15 week, um, federal ban. Um, you know, um, And that's kind of the number that we've heard kind of on the national level from from other senators and lawmakers if something was to ever happen like that. But it's, you know, the Ohio voters have spoken. So it's kind of interesting to to see them, you know, so quickly kind of going and talking in the opposite direction. And even some, you know, Republican counties, you know, uh, voted for issue one in the fall.
0: Yeah, it's been interesting to hear kind of the I don't know if walk back is the right term for it, but all of a sudden you have Republicans saying that, you know, we got to think about this a little bit more carefully. Clearly what Ohio had in place beforehand with the six-week ban was not popular. So maybe let's just take a beat and look at this again. But I think it's certainly going to continue to be an issue in the Senate race because whichever Republican is running against Brown, I think Brown is going to make hay of the fact that his opponent wants a federal ban or at least would be open to a federal ban. And he was obviously very vocal in support of issue one in November.
1: Yeah. And this week, you know, on the national stage with um, President Biden and Vice President uh, Harris at their rally in Virginia, almost all of the conversation was about abortion. I mean, so abortion is going to be at the center of the of the national race. So it's, it's going to matter in these center races, too.
0: Our next topic for today is income taxes. A group of Republican lawmakers put forward a plan that would gradually phase out the income tax by 2030. They also want to get rid of the commercial activity tax, which is a thing that businesses pay if they bring in over $3 million per year. Republicans say getting rid of the state income tax will make Ohio more competitive and convince both employers and workers to stay here. But getting rid of it would put a whopping $10 billion hole in the state
1: budget. Yeah, that's a pretty sizable hole. Um, and, uh, you know, Governor DeWine sounds kind of open to the conversation, but hasn't hasn't bought it yet. You know, kind of, um, you know, again, you know, the where are you going to make up that $10 billion? You, you know, you got to pay for schools and everything else.
0: Yeah, I think in the latest two year budget, the estimates or appropriations for K through 12 education were 11 billion. And that's just a big piece of the budget, but only one piece of a very large spending plan. That said, these discussions are pretty early at this point, and lawmakers are actually putting forward two different bills that would phase out the income tax in different ways. One is a little bit more aggressive of a decline, while the other would do it a little bit more gradually. But the goal is still no income tax and no cat tax by 2030.
1: Yeah, but I think, you know, as the debate goes on about this in the future, you know, it it always raises the issues of is, are they just kicking the can down the road, you know, or local municipalities and, and townships are going to have to add, you know, uh, property taxes increases and things like that to, you know, if the state takes funding away, are you going to see more levies on the ballot and that sort of thing? And a lot of lawmakers, you know, used to be, you know, mayors and city councilmen. So it'll be interesting to see how that, you know, conversation goes, because a lot of times when, when you see the state pull money back, people see their taxes increase at the local level.
0: Right. Another thing that I saw when I was reading into this a little bit is that in other states that have gotten rid of the income tax, which is like Texas, Florida, Nevada, a few others, they rely pretty heavily on sales taxes now, but they also have some added bonuses that I think Ohio doesn't have. You know, Texas has a huge oil industry, right. Nevada can levy a pr- gaming tax that brings in pretty significant money because of Vegas. And
1: Florida has Disney World.
0: Right. We do not have Disney World. We may have like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but I'm not sure we can.
1: Doesn't have. quite bring in as many people.
0: So it, to your point, I think they're going to have to figure out where else to get this money. They say that if there's no income tax, people are going to be spending more. But critics of this are looking at this and say, you know, it's something's got to give Is this going to result in an increased sales tax, which tends to hurt, you know, middle class, lower income Americans, or is this going to result in government services being cut?
1: Right. And one of the arguments that the supporters bring up is, you know, hey, if if business owners have more money in their pocket, they're going to invest in their business. You know, they're going to hire more people or give people raises and stuff like that. So they're they're looking at it from that angle.
0: I guess we'll see. Our last topic for today is kind of a double whammy. The Senate voted yesterday to override two of Governor Mike DeWine's vetoes. The House already voted on both of these, which means the two bills will become law in 90 days, although lawsuits of plenty are expected in both cases. So the first override was for House Bill 68. That's the bill that bans doctors from providing hormones, puberty blockers, or gender transition surgery to Ohioans under 18. It also prohibits transgender girls and women from playing on female sports teams. On the healthcare front, Ohioans already receiving this treatment can continue doing so if their doctor okays it. But critics are worried that this really isn't a guarantee because doctors could be worried about lawsuits and things like that. Anthony, remind us why lawmakers wanted to override this veto.
1: You know, as soon as Governor DeWine vetoed House Bill 68, you saw people like President Trump even weighing in on on going after DeWine for that veto. And uh, what did he call him a stiff or something like that? And so, you know, well, President Trump has spoken. So um, lawmakers, you know, in the House and Senate lined up to to override the governor on this. I mean, the governor, you know, he talked to families, he talked to hospitals, doctors. And, you know, he he said that you know it, it's a decision best left to families and their medical providers, which his law, his fellow Republicans um, disagreed with. Some of the the comments on the on the Senate floor Wednesday were were interesting. Um, you had one senator who basically said. Trans people don't exist and there were protesters and, and people escorted out. And you know, it is such a small population. It's interesting that it gets so much attention at the state house. You know, there were stuff about female um, trans athletes in female sports. You're talking about fewer than 10, 10 kids in the entire state.
0: Yeah, for high schools this year there were like seven transgender girls who were approved to play girls' sports and I think four hundred thousand or something like that playing in the state as a whole.
1: Right. Actually. But it also gets to, you know, we were talking about abortion earlier. It feels kind of like abortion for some lawmakers is kind of less of a target and, and, and trans issues have become kind of a new focus for um, for Republicans to go after at the national level.
0: Yeah. So like I said before, this will become law in 90 days, barring any litigation, but you have groups like the ACLU, the Human Rights Campaign, saying that they're taking a look at this, and states that have passed similar laws have also faced court challenges. There was actually one that was completely struck down in Arkansas last year. Um, the state's appealing that, but that could perhaps signal what's to come in Ohio. I mean, Arkansas, not a blue state by right. any means.
1: Uh, and, you know, the other the other impact, and you, and you talked to... Um To someone uh, about this is, you know, are we going to lose people from Ohio? You know, um, you know, trans people who don't want to live in a state where they don't feel wanted, you know, is that are we going to see people leave? Are we going to see people not want to come to Ohio, especially younger people who might be more progressive on on social issues, might look at at this as a negative?
0: If you ask Senate President Matt Huffman about this, which reporters did this week, he made the argument that. People are really looking at things like jobs, the economy, and schools when it comes to deciding where they live. And he didn't think that House Bill sixty eight becoming law would have much of a difference on the state's population.
1: Okay, I mean, if if you're a, a trans person, a, a family a family member, you know, if you're a you know a, a woman like you know thinking about having a family, thinking about having a child, I mean, what the state's laws are around, you know abortion rights and trans rights, it does matter. So, I mean, you have to think that people are are going to want going to want to go where where they can get the the care that they they want. Yeah. And not have to cross the state line.
0: All right, let's pivot to the other override vote. DeWine twice struck down a measure that would prohibit cities from regulating tobacco at the local level. The onus for this was around flavored tobacco bans like the one in Columbus, but opponents of the bill say it could affect other local tobacco rules. I always trip over the language on this because it was a veto of a ban on bans. But basically, now that they overrode Dewine's veto, cities can't enact these policies anymore. But I'm guessing they're not going to go gently into the night.
1: Right. I mean, you know, I mean, I mean, cigarette smoking, uh, you know, is a is a large, you know, cause of death. Uh, For Ohioans, Ohio has one of the highest smoking rates in the country. But you know, you know, in certain cities like Columbus, you know, want to regulate flavored tobacco and menthol cigarettes and things like that. And the states coming in and saying, "No, you can't do this." And we're seeing this more and more. You know, red light cameras, plastic trash bags. You're seeing things where the the state seems to be coming in more and telling cities what they can and can't do. When um, home rule kind of used to be the way most things were handled, uh, Republicans in the statehouse seem to be going a little bit more in the other direction than we used to.
0: Yeah. And again, lawsuits. I mean, we saw comments from Columbus leaders, people in Bexley. They are not happy about this. And if you're a place with a ban already on the books that's already been playing out, I imagine this could get complicated and confusing pretty fast.
1: Yeah. And Governor DeWine, I think, didn't he, he said something like, well, they should just pass a statewide ban, you know, that the lawmakers could just pass a statewide ban on uh, flavored tobacco products and that would be taken care of. They're not going to do that.
0: And one more thing before you go. Turns out if the governor goes to the Super Bowl taxpayers don't get to know how much it cost. The Ohio Supreme Court ruled this week in our newspaper's lawsuit that the cost of sending his security detail is not public information. DeWine went to Super Bowl 56 in 2022 to cheer on the Bengals and paid for the tickets and whatnot himself. But the bill for his security team is covered by taxpayers and now is not going to see the light of day.
1: Yeah, that was a four to three uh, decision. You know, it's kind of how do you really argue what the security? risk would be to the governor to, to just give the amount uh, that it costs. Uh, and, you know, it wasn't like you were asking for like the the daily movements of the governor or, or something where his security could really be threatened. So, um, you know, the, the mayor of Cincinnati went to the same Super Bowl and, you know, his office gave us the information that we asked for. Um, the governor's office did not.
0: Well, I guess it won't be relevant this year since neither the Bengals or the Browns are going to the Super Bowl. (laughs) Ouch. Ohio Politics Explained is brought to you by the USA Today Network Ohio Bureau. You can check us out on X, formerly known as Twitter,
1: at Ohio Explained.